Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the Atlanta Man podcast, and Nate McMillan has been fired. Woo! Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Yeah, I, 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 you have to. I mean, <laughs> he's earned it. I can't lie. I hate to do it, but he has definitely earned that. Um, Kind of out of nowhere today. What time? About like 5.30 or so. Um, Woj. Actually, I can pull up the time. Um, hold on. Woj at 5.20. I was pretty close. 5.20, just out of nowhere, drops, uh, as he is one to do, a Woj bomb. And it is that Nate McMillan has been dismissed of his duties as the Atlanta Hawks coach. And I must say, I was very surprised by this news. I did not think they were going to fire him in the season. I thought they were going to wait till the season was over. But it looks like those last two games for the break against the Hornets and Knicks did him in. So, uh, yeah, I'll give you the I'll give the floor to you. What are your initial thoughts on this? I know you're excited, but what are your uh, more in-depth thoughts on Nate being gone? Yeah, man, I have the biggest smile on my face right now. You guys can't even you guys can't even see it right now. <laughs> um, but I let out a scream as soon as it happened. I, was, I just got home from work, taking my 15, chilling, laying down. Boom, notification, notification, like phone started blowing up like. He's gone, man. And, uh, you know, I thought they should have made this move uh, quite quite uh, a little bit of time ago. I, th- I think it should have been done earlier. But, you know, better late than never, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they did it before the season was over. Um, I feel like this is the proper time to do it at, at the All-Star break. Um, yeah, he got fired on his day off. How about that? Yep. Uh, is that a, that's Friday, right? Yeah, Friday, quote, get fired on your day off. That's always tough. And, um, yeah, I mean – if he was going to get fired during the season, this is kind of the perfect time um, during the all-star break. It's not like in between games or nothing. Um, team still has a few days off uh, in between now and uh, Friday's game. So yeah, probably the perfect time to do it if you're going to fire a coach in the season. But um, yeah, I was surprised. Um, I know a while back uh, when Nate was thinking about quitting and resigning that the Hawks kind of urged him to stay when he kind of floated that idea that he might quit. So when I heard that, I was thinking, oh, yeah, the Hawks aren't going to fire him. They were kind of begging him to stay. And I get it, like, why the Hawks would do that. Uh, this isn't the same exact situation of when they fired Lloyd Pierce a couple years ago because they had Nate on the bench. And Nate, um, at the time, you know, thoughts have changed on Nate drastically over the past couple of years now. But at the time, Nate had been an NBA coach for over a decade, maybe even two decades, like he has been an established guy. The Hawks didn't really have that on their bench right now. They have uh, Joe Prunty, who is going to be the interim, who has coached um, before, been a head coach before, but it was also as an interim back in 2018 with the Bucks, and he actually didn't do too bad. Uh, 21-16 as the interim for Milwaukee. They went to the playoffs. Uh, He was replacing Jason Kidd. They ended up losing in seven games to the Celtics, so not a terrible stint as a head coach for Joe Prunty, but he's not the most established guy ever. But uh, we can talk about him a little more later. We can focus on Nate here for a second. Um, yeah, these last two games before the break went about as bad as it could possibly go, I think. And I think, I mean, obviously that was a huge reason why he got fired. Kind of a make or break two games. Um, I've said last week on the podcast that they needed to beat the Hornets and they instead gave up a season high in points to Charlotte, who is one of the worst teams in the league. And uh, they lost the season series to the Hornets three to one, which is just insane stuff. And then they uh, had probably their biggest regular season game of the year against the Knicks. Uh, this would have decided a tiebreaker between these two teams. 
Um, if the Hawks would have won, they would have had a tiebreaker of them. So if they would have been tied in the standings, Hawks would have had it. But they lose, so instead the season series is tied at two apiece, so they do not have that luxury. And the Knicks, at the time, were the team right in front of them in the standings, and they completely laid an egg, lost by 21. So two terrible losses, and yeah, I think Nate earned this. Like it, It's not all on him, obviously. There's still some other factors um, at play here, but his coaching style and all the locker room drama that's gone this year, um, and it feels like a long time ago now, but the stuff with him and Trey – like it's uh, there's a lot of stuff and he kind of seems like he might have lost a locker room. He's not the greatest coach in general. I mean, there's a reason why he was an assistant coach on the Hawks a couple of years ago, not a head coach somewhere else. He um, I mean, he's just like an average head coach. And that's like and I mean, I, this year he's been below average, but um, over his whole career, he's just been an average head coach. And that's just not going to get you very far. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's tough for him, but, you know, I, I, like I said, he's earned it. It's um did not do a good job at all these past two seasons. So yeah. Um what what do you what do you think about um going into the future now with Joe Prenti as the interim? I know you had some buzz about running it back with the interim to the playoffs, Eastern Conference final run again. Um yeah, I kind of want I, I there's there's a lot of similarities between uh when when Lloyd Pierce was fired and, and now uh with Nate McMillan. Um but I'm excited to see what we got, man. I you hit it you hit the nail on the head, like Nabing Millen has been super underwhelming this year. Like the Hawks in general have been super underwhelming after making this big trade for uh, DJ. And, you know, you got some good rookies and stuff and you're just, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to finally turn the corner, but it's just never happened. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll get on to Joe Prunty, but I kind of want to go back a little bit to uh, 2020. So when Nate McMillan was fired from the Pacers, this was the key reasons uh, that the Pacers decided to fire him and, and kind of change direction. I found this tweet today. So here's here's a bullet point list of uh, <clears throat> stuff on Nate McMillan and the uh, Pacers back in 2020. So we had displeased ownership, check. Too much yeah. ISO basketball. Too much ISO check. basketball. Check. Like, our, our, check like when, our, when our bench comes on, like everybody's playing ISO ball. It, there's no – there's nothing to the offense. Um the third bullet point, bad defensive strategy. Check. Okay. <laughs> Check that off. We all know. Um, not enough emphasis on relationship building with players. Check, 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 check. Like yeah. that is is like four for four so far. Um, you know, and, and you can't have your key players unhappy. Like he completely lost the locker room. Like all these rumors and reports coming out. Like if that's public, you know he's he's completely lost the locker room. And uh you know, the final point is just he rejected to adjust the offense. Like we've had the same stack also. Offense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we see this with Nate. I think his, I think his style of coaching is just outdated for today's NBA. And, you know, a bunch of former players come out and talk about Nate McMillan, how he's this um, classic, like um, coach, no phones on the, on the, on the bus, no this and that, like, come on, dude. Like these are grown men. You you can't sit here and treat them like, you know, you have so much control over them, like high schoolers or you know even college sometimes. But, um, you know, we kind of just see this this pattern with Nate McMillan and, uh, yeah, man, I, I just I'm really glad the Hawks decided to make a move and and this was needed, man. Like, uh, you you want to keep those relationships with players, you want to keep them happy, and and I think this kind of gives them a little bit of treat, you know, heading into next year and and even if this year doesn't work out, like. We'll go and get a real coach and, and run it back. So 
Uh, yeah. I think I think this is a great move. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of segueing into a new coach. Um, we mentioned Joe Prenti's interim. That's fine. Like he was the clear can to be the interim, but uh, seems the front runner uh, for the head coaching vacancy appears to be Quinn Snyder, who was the Jazz head coach formerly. And um, I think he's a pretty solid coach. Kind of a new age guy, which is definitely something the Hawks could use. Um, I think him getting him getting um or him moving on from the Jazz that wasn't really like him. Like the Jazz were kind of tearing things down. Like it's just they're kind of a changing of the guard. So I don't really think it was necessarily his fault that things unraveled in Utah. Um, I know there's been a ton of Ime Udoka talk. I can't imagine that happened in season. Um, that could be something in the offseason, though, if they don't get um, Snyder in the regular season. Uh, there are some other candidates, too. A lot of them were um, linked to Mike Boonholzer because these were bench coaches for the Hawks. I know Kenny Atkinson, former bench coach of the Hawks. I believe Charles Lee has some connections to Boonholzer, too. Uh, Kenny Atkinson's with the, with the Warriors as an assistant, and Charles Lee's with the Bucks as an assistant. So those are the three names mentioned. Um, I still wouldn't count out Udoka. I mean, he's obviously a good coach, but there's a lot of scandal around him um, mm-hmm. since uh, since the start of the season, him getting let go of the Celtics and all that. So maybe that's why he's not as much of a prominent candidate. I don't know. I don't know what Tony Ressler and um, Landry Fields want to do here. I don't. It, it might just be Quinn Snyder for the rest of the regular season. You never know. Um, it's kind of tough. I, I'd, I'd imagine to get a, just a new guy off the street in the middle of the season that has no really a familiarity with the team. So that could be the case also. But yeah, more on Nate um, for me. Like it's, I pulled up his basketball reference page as a head coach, and he's coached for a very long time. His first season being a head coach was in 2000, which was before I was born. Wow, which is kind of kind of crazy. But um, he was a coach of the SuperSonics, which makes even more old because they're no longer a team. Um, but yeah, like his his playoff record, 28 and 48. <laughs> like it's not good. And not good. You know, his best his best run was with the Hawks. Um, back in uh, 2020, they won 10 games in that postseason, by far the most he's won um, in the playoffs. But I think like that, that was a product of Lloyd Pierce being really bad and anything being better. And like the Hawks, it was more, it was a shift of vibes more than actual like play style and coaching more than anything. Like they started playing better and obviously that lifts the vibes um, that goes without saying, but I mean, Nate didn't have to do much that playoff run. Like no. the Hawks were playing so well. Every player was playing pretty much to their maximum capacity. Like, and that's how you go on big playoff runs. I mean, Trey was awesome. Bogey for the second half of the 2021 season was probably the second best shooter on planet earth behind Steph Curry. Like he was <laughs> that good. It was like plus 50% from three. Um, You know, you had your Lou Williams and Cam Reddish hero moments. Like everything was clicking. Like, so it's not too hard to, head coach you just kind of sit back and watch him play like when they're playing that well and that's what he did and when when the going got tough he did not adjust and we saw that last year we've seen that a lot more this year especially on the offensive side of just like his refusal to switch things up like of uh different rotations playing different guys different spots you know um playing rookies yeah Yeah. playing rookies just different schemes like stop mismatch hunting so much and run actual plays and just stop relying on ISO ball so much. And he just never did. And that's, I mean, his stubbornness might've got him out of town. Like it's, that's very possible. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, I do think it's a good move to get him out of here now. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I think, I mean, we all know Tony wrestler. He is not a patient man. 
and I think he saw these last few games and going into the break, and it's uh, he he said that enough's enough. I mean, those two games were pitiful. Pitiful. Like, it, like it, it was about as bad as those two games could have went. Like they played terrible, and I mean, a lot of that is on Nate. I mean, some of it. I mean, obviously the players play the game, and they didn't play very well in those games. But I, yeah, I think I think this was a much needed move, and um, yeah, it is a. Uh, kind of a breath of fresh air because honestly, after that Knicks game, I was just like, I, if this team is in the play in, I don't care. Like I'm going to watch it obviously, but I'm not going to have any expectations. I'm not going to have any hope. Probably won't even have any fun <laughs> watching those yeah. games. I do not want to be in the plan tournament now. I mean, let's be real. The Hawks are probably gonna be in the plan tournament. Now that they're, the Nate's not there. It's like a little different. Like it's, I can, get up a little bit more for the Hawks now. Like, cause after watching that next game, I was just like, man, like I don't give a shit. Like they, like they don't give a shit. I'm not yeah. going to give a shit. And it, it, they lost all their fun. They lost all the yeah. fun. It, it, they just like, weren't fun to watch. It makes that five game winning streak. They went on like, look like how, how did that happen? Like, yeah. how did they play that well for like, how were they consistent for five games? Like that was crazy to me. It, and um, yeah, I think like it's, it's kind of made me forget because this podcast was about to be, if Nate, when I got fired, it was about to be, there's a little bit of positivity now that he's gone, but it was about to be just a shit fest. I was about to just rip everyone left and right, especially Nate, but he's gone. And um, yeah, um, I am relieved. I'm relieved. Um, best of luck to Nate. I'm sure he's a good guy personally, but uh, as far as being a Hawks fan, all you really provide for me, Nate is being the Hawks coach. You're not one of my yeah. buddies, so I can't really say much else about it. Like, you got to be good, and he wasn't good. That's all I, I can, mean. All yeah, yeah, you you, you got to give him a little credit for that 2020 run. I mean, you do give him a look. I'm saying he did nothing. Like, yeah. he definitely, he definitely, they definitely bought into what he was trying to do, and that was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't do nothing at all. I should have mentioned that, but I'm saying it, it was, it was definitely not the hardest head coaching job. Like, he definitely just kind of was able to lay back and watch him go. But you can go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, but. I mean that that run was epic. I, I really hope we can kind of repeat something. Like we went twenty seven and eleven after Nate McMillan was hired, like or after he was promoted, I guess you'd say. Um, but but that run against Philly, the the the, I don't even know the guts to start Gallo and and Kevin Herter in Game Seven against Philly. Like that was all Nate McMillan. That was that was a great call. Um, I'll never forget that. But but like he just he's not innovative. He didn't adapt to anything. Like. He's 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 just super boomer esque. Like he just yeah. he's gonna play his guys, and he, that's all it is. He's gonna yell at the clouds in the sky, and like nobody like the for me as a fan to be so relieved that the guy's gone. Could you imagine being a player? Like I, I like obviously I don't know this guy, but you have to feel some kind of fire just light a little bit. So um, you know I know Joe Prunty is super close with the players. Like he literally practices and and passes and, and runs plays at practice with the players. I mean, I don't see Nate doing any of that, but uh, you know, I think he'll have a better relationship with the players. I think the locker room is going to change up a little bit. Hopefully you see guys like John Collins really smiling and having, having some good times, AJ Griffin, like he's going to get more playing time. Like this is just going to open the door for so many things. And we're really going to see like Joe Prunty is just zero F's given because, because he has nothing to lose. He has absolutely yeah. nothing to lose. So house money, um, yeah, and and I I definitely think that, um, depending you know maybe maybe Joe Prunty goes twenty eight and nine or something to end the season and and he's the head coach um, next year. There's not that many games left, but I I, I got catch your drift. 
Yeah. However well, many games uh, yeah. are left, win a lot yes. of them. There was a lot more games than they had. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Probably tell you. He, he got fired before the All-Star break. But, like, let's just say he goes yeah. on the run, man. Um, but I, I still think they go out and hire somebody. I think Quinn Snyder would be fantastic. I mean, the the regular seasons that he's had at, at Utah, like a stacked West Con- Western Conference, like he obviously stalled out in the playoffs. Um, but that was just because the West was absolutely stacked for the for the past 10 years. And and so you just got to give him some credit. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit, I think. Um, but but like you said, any all those players that you just named are are linked. I'm sorry, all the coaches uh, that are that are kind of in the running that you just named are all linked to to Budenholzer. But they're also linked to none other than Kyle Korver in the front office. So, yeah, um, that's that's very interesting. I think he's going to have a little say in who gets hired, uh, a lot of say, actually, um, you know, because he's just so close to everybody. And he kind of he kind of has that experience as a player and and now he's kind of running front office so um i think it'll be somebody in in the mix i would love for to see snyder um you know you got to be careful with the duco you just got to hide your wives man like be careful around him <laughs> like, keep keep your eye on oh, him for man. sure so yeah for sure if you're a female in the atlanta hawks organization just be on your toes um anyway we, we, we won't talk about that anymore but uh yeah um I want to point out this one thing that happened in the next game, which I think this could be like part of like an, a, just another reason that the front office ownership had to fire him. So well, let me go back to the Hornets game. So <laughs> Hornets, the Hornets game, actually Collins was out. So they were down a guy and Sadiq Bay started the next game. Everybody was healthy in which that was questionable on its own, but I won't get into that. This is more important. The next game Collins is back. Everybody's healthy and they don't play Jalen Johnson. He doesn't get any minutes. He gets playing the garbage time minutes, I'm pretty sure, but he was out of the rotation. They like playing Sadiq over him. And that's just, you can't do that. Like Jalen Johnson needs to play. And that's just a Nate thing. And that like, I can, I, I'm going to, I am I can imagine that's not going to happen anymore. Even when everybody's healthy, they're going to play 10 guys and Jalen's going to play. So I just had to point that out because that was ridiculous. And Jalen Johnson should be playing as much, as really he can, like they need, they need to develop him. He could be a huge piece for this team. Anyway, yeah. back back to what you were saying about the head coaching search. Um, yeah, I think uh, Corver, Corver and Landry Fields are both former players, so I'm sure they got just tons of connections to all these guys. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think they're definitely gonna have a say in this. Obviously, Tony Big Tone's gonna have a final say. Uh, mm, which, yeah, for better or for worse, we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's. Breathe a little bit of life into the Hawks. I mean, because it was just going nowhere fast, and there's always that possibility of a little bit of magic. Because this Hawks team, we kind of beaten beaten the dead horse, but they're a talented roster, and if like if everything can mesh and they can play to their full potential, like they can be really good. Like I think, and I think everybody thinks that. Like I, I know, like Vegas thinks that because the crazy thing is, like in that Knicks game, they were favored to win. Like that's and the Knicks are ahead of them in the standings. They didn't have any crazy injuries. Like it, the the people still think highly of this Hawks team because the roster is good. Like yeah. you have Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, you have John Collins and Clint Capella. Like you have really good players, and yeah, they they've underperformed these past past two years. I know they went on their little run last year to kind of drag the season above five hundred, and you know they they are in the play in, which wasn't great, but they had went on a good enough run to kind of salvage things. Um, but this year, I mean, they're under 500. We've talked about it for months now, just the underwhelmingness of this team. Like, it's just, 
it's tough, man. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy Nate's gone. And uh, yeah, I, you got you got any more thoughts on this uh, on Nate or on these games or anything? Because I think I I think I've got all my takes off here. No, yeah, I don't even want to think about those two games. Uh, it was absolutely pitiful, like defensively, yeah. and then we came out very sluggish against the Knicks. Uh, I think in the first ten minutes or the first seven minutes against the Knicks, we had thirteen points. Like our highest yeah. score was Trey with five. Like it was just just a disgusting game from the get go. Um, but yeah, man, Nate's gone. Joe Prunty, I'm I'm ready for another. Uh, we'll call it, we'll call it a Nate McMillan run. Uh, 2020. Yeah, we'll, he, we'll yeah, we'll that. give him that. We'll give him that. We'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I hope this really lights a fire under them, and uh, you know they can start rallying because because people are starting to question Trey Young a little bit. Like, hey, this is your third coach. You're just running. You're just running coaches out of town. And but like the situation has never been right. Like it's if if you don't yeah. watch these games, if you're not a true Hawks fan, you cannot sit there and say that because Nate has been a big problem. Like. And like Trey, Trey Young is not know. the issue. Like not even I close. promise you that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the Hawks. Um, it's still the All Star break. Um, which that happened this weekend. <laughs> uh, I know AJ Griffin played in the Rising Stars game. That was the only Hawks participation. Um, so I guess that's really I, I like Dude. that actually that no one got to play really. Think but about it. The last time Trey didn't make the All Star game was 2020. Yeah. Our head coach. coach- just got fired. fired again, dude. I'm Stars telling you. are aligning. The East is weaker. Like after the Nets are gone, like really got Philly and Boston. Like those are the only two teams that scare me. And I don't know, man. I, I think spe- something special is going to come up. I-, I have a good feeling. I hope you're right. I really do. Um, because right now they don't play till Friday. They play Friday and Sunday this week versus the Cavs and the Nets, which those teams are good. Um, but they're definitely yeah. not like they're not they're not like you said the Celtics and the Sixers they're not the level of those teams. But right now the Hawks are eighth in the East, still firmly in the play-in, and uh, yeah, they're actually closest to the or closest to the Heat now, not the Knicks. So the Heat are now in the play-in at seven. They're three games behind them. They are four and a half games or three three and a half games rather behind the Knicks. So for the six seed, so it's um definitely an uphill battle. Um, I know we've talked about it a few times, but they have back-to-back games against the Heat uh, in, a, in a couple weeks, I think. So those will be huge. But, um, yeah, looking at the East, man. Oh, you, you did forget the Bucks. I will say the Bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the Bucks <laughs> are a problem. They won, they're very Definitely. good. They've, won, actually won, they've actually won 12 games in a row. <laughs> so it's yeah, not bad. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, the Hawks are closer to being out of the play-in than they are to being in the top six. So, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're gonna miss the play-in. If I mean they miss the play-in, then Jesus Christ. But um, I would say uh, play-in is still the likely scenario unless they go on a big run, which you know the seeds have been planted. Like you just said, coach is fired. Trey's not the All-Star game. Like the stars are aligning, so you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, a, definitely a crazy day for the Hawks. Definitely more crazy than when Lloyd Pierce got fired because when Lloyd Pierce got fired, it was just like. It was like I was excited, but it was just like I thought that team was just so dead, and it, it, it I was just like oh, okay, whatever. Like Nate wants to coach, okay, cool. Like they're not going to be good, and like that. I mean, they can make the playoffs, maybe, but they're not going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, nothing. And lo and behold, they did. Um, and I think that's the that's a big reason for the optimism is just because there's a lot of similarities. But um, yeah, they definitely could do it though. Like it's just I said, they got the talent, so we can move on yeah. now. 
And uh, we can talk about one piece of Braves news that came out. Um, nothing really to do with the actual team, but they finally got a play-by-play announcer, and it is Brandon Godden, who uh, is probably most famous for his uh, role as the Madden announcer, which pretty interesting. I will say if you only heard him on the Madden, like only heard him on Madden, uh, go listen to some other stuff because video game announcers, just it's not very good. Like it's just, it's weird. So I wouldn't, it's kind of like robot, robotic-y, like, don't don't think that's him. Um, he used to be the Georgia Tech radio uh, football announcer. That's where I knew him from, and he was very good at that. He's done some baseball games. Um, he, I think he did some um, last year for Fox for like FS1, I think. So he's done some baseball. He's a proven guy. Done a lot of different sports, different roles, and he grew up a Braves fan. Uh, so that was pretty cool. He had a long thread on Twitter about how he's a lifelong Braves fan, like a lot of people are. So yeah, what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this? Because I uh, I love it. I think it was a good move getting him. Yeah, it seems like every player or like everyone that 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 the Braves get, they all grew up a Braves fan and they all have these pictures of them going to Braves games. And I don't know, man, it's super cool. Uh, yeah. Braves country is is spreads wide and far. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't I don't know too much about him. Like his voice. Obviously, you hear that in, in Madden a little bit uh, like you like you hit on. But uh, I don't know anything about him. You just you just informed me that he was with Georgia Tech for a little bit. So uh, that's pretty cool. He's kind of a hometown guy, I guess you'd say. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, you know, we'll see how he is. I don't know. I, don't, I can't form an opinion on him or, or, or yeah. you know, say much on him. But we'll see, man. I'm excited. Seems like it seems like a really good guy. Yeah, definitely. And a younger guy, too. I think he's like 39 years old. So um, probably less of the Chip Carey takes that we uh, know and love. <laughs> um, probably a little more new age guy. Uh, so that that that'll be good. And yeah, interesting to see how him and Jeff Francoeur interact. So I like yeah. Jeff Francoeur a lot already. So I think they could be really good together. And uh, yeah, right now the Braves they're in spring training. It's in full swing right now. Everybody's reported. And oh, I got some. I got one thing to ask you. Do you know who the? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Do you know who the very last player was to report to spring training for the Braves? Yeah, it's the Mr. Nice Guy, Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which it's I just thought I found that amusing. Um like talk about a guy that probably should be there a little earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I get that he's like a veteran. Um, he's been around for a long time, but he's a different kind of veteran. He's probably should be there. Probably should have been there with the pitchers and catchers day one. Um, yeah, he should have got there early. Like Yeah. So and he might already be on ice on thin on thin ice to spring training, but I just had to bring that up because I just I got a chuckle of that. I was like, good God, man, like come on. <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah, they're they're in full full swing. I think their first real game is this weekend, I think. On Saturday they play the Red Sox, I think. Um I, I don't really watch much of the spring training games. I talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago. Like I'm just I can't get into spring training. Preseason of any sport, football, basketball, like I just I don't care. It is it is like there are interesting storylines. The guys you want to watch, like Vaughn Grissom. You want to see that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, and oh yeah, Elvis Andrews signed, not coming to the Braves, went back to the White Sox, so no. you can throw that out the window. Mark Ooh. Bowman, I'm sorry, I know you wanted that, but you can throw that out the window. He's not coming. So yeah, it's the Von Grissom show. So that's the the main storyline of spring training. But yeah, not not a lot of Braves stuff. Um, we're getting closer though. We're inching our way there. So yeah, I think that's it for this one. Uh, you got any final takes you want to get off about anything? Anything you got off your chest? Nah, man, no hot takes. Uh, I'm ready, ready for baseball, man. Especially if this this Hawks, you know, if if their season doesn't turn around, man, I'm ready for some baseball. So uh, excited to see, you know, some clips, some home runs. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of Ronald Cunha, man. He's cracking me up. So good to see him in good spirits. And 
yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm pumped. So that's all I've yeah. got. Yeah, I'm very excited for the Braves. So, so yeah, I think that's all we got on this one. We covered it all, man. So if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we will be back next week with another one. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thank you.